This podcast was recorded on Friday, January 31st at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can get the opposition parties to all vote as an entity, as a block, uh, for lack of a better word, um, you can really hold the government accountable and make life miserable for the prime minister. fighting form. No more pretty words. It's time for action. The Liberals must stop ignoring the data. This government's out-of-control spending has led to billions of dollars in deficits, but communities like mine have nothing to show for it. We're building affordable housing, community centres, libraries and bridges. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has pledged this parliament will be different. But all is not the same as it was in our previous mandate. Collaboration and compromise, he suggested, are on the horizon. It's up to us to work more with other parties, to work more across the country as we take Parliament seriously. Yes, the government has kept the opposition abreast of developments in some major issues, like the downing of the Ukrainian flight in Iran and the spread of the coronavirus. But when it comes to policy, the Liberals have yet to embrace other parties' ideas. So I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Andrew Scheer, the Conservative leader for now, says an election could happen any moment and... Of course we're going to be critical. Minority parliaments can end abruptly and unexpectedly, so we can't afford to waste a day. Canada had three minority governments earlier this century. In 2004... A minority government is going to be held tonight by the Liberal Party of Canada. 2006... So it's uh, quite the story. The Conservatives will form the next government in the country. It is going to be a minority government. And 2008. He gets a stronger minority. He doesn't quite make the majority government. The questions have remained the same. How do they manage the, you know, manage the parliament they're going to be left with? I'm Althea Raj, and this is Follow Up, a HuffPost Canada politics podcast. We kick off 2020 with an inside view of governing in a minority. The approach seems consistent. Well, I, I think there's a lot of common ground between some of the parties on certain issues, and I think we'll approach it on an issue-by-issue basis. And political reality does tend to work in the government's favour. That Stephen Harper can again take advantage of that dynamic in the opposition parties, that none of them will want to have an election immediately. But of course, things don't always play out as one expects. Yeah, they're signing the papers just to further clarification. The NDP has agreed to support the Liberals for 30 months. The Bloc Québécois, uh, their agreement of support is for 18. Canadians elected 308 members of parliament in October, not just Stephen Harper. On today's show, former Conservative government House leader Jay Hill, his Liberal counterpart, Ralph Goodale, and former NDP Chief of Staff Anne McGrath explain what the House is like when minorities rule. Stay tuned. Okay, so what's the, the, you can just see the uh, the the voice or the sound modulation uh, flowing across the screen. Exactly. Yeah, it's not really doing so anything it's, except it's recording um, your voice. It's recording what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because Good morning. It's eight thirty. I'm Ralph Goodale. Here is the CBC News. <laughs> I used to do that for a living. 
I called up some of the former heavyweights on Parliament this week to chat about minority governments. How do things really change in the House? And how can governments help ensure their survival? Can the past help illuminate what the future has in store for this new batch of 338 MPs? Uh, this is Ralph Goodale, uh, a member of Parliament uh, for 31 years altogether until uh, last uh, October when I retired with the consent of my constituents. Um, during that period of time, uh, amongst other responsibilities, I was briefly government house leader uh, for Mr. Kretchen in 2002 uh, for about five or six months at the beginning of that year. And uh, then uh, later on, uh, I was uh, uh, opposition house leader during most of the time that uh, Mr. Harper was uh, the prime minister. Uh, my name is Jay Hill. And uh, I was a former member of parliament for Prince George Peace River up in northeastern British Columbia uh, from 1993 to the fall of 2010, uh, 17 years to the day uh, when I resigned from parliament. And uh, during that time, for about half of those 17 years, I would say, uh, I was a caucus officer for the uh, opposition, either the Reform Party, uh, Canadian Alliance, or the Conservative Party of Canada, uh, either in the role of the party whip or the House Leader. My name is Anne McGrath, and I am currently the National Director of the New Democratic Party of Canada. I worked uh, on the Hill for many years with Jack Layton uh, and Tom Mulcair and Nicole Turmel and others. I was uh, Director of Operations, uh, and then I was um, Party President, and I was Chief of Staff. I started on the Hill in about 2004, just following the 2004 uh, general election. There's a tremendous difference between majority and minority governments in our parliamentary system. The definition of a minority is that you, uh, uh, you cannot behave in a totally unilateral fashion because the votes simply aren't there. It's a night and day difference between the Prime Minister having all the power and the Prime Minister being very vulnerable to a combined vote by the opposition parties. Uh, and in a minority, uh, you have to exercise uh, an extraordinary degree of patience uh, and uh, a, uh, a new willingness to uh, compromise, accommodate, and, uh, and, and be flexible. I think that the le some of the lessons that we learned was that you can achieve things in a minority parliament. I, Paul Martin, do solemnly and sincerely promise and swear... All of the indications were that Paul Martin was going to win the biggest majority this government had ever seen. I mean, he had a convention uh, with like that Bono was at. So it was like he was a superstar and he was going to wipe, you know, the, all predictions where he was going to wipe the NDP off the face of the map. Well, it's been just about 24 hours since Canadian voters elected the country's first minority government in 25 years. Right after the 2004 election campaign, uh, which was when Jack first got his seat because he was the leader without a seat. And w there was a meeting with Prime Minister Martin uh, and Prime Minister Martin basically in, in maybe even that many words said, uh, go away, you're one seat short. Uh, because we did not have the balance of power at that time. And we were, uh, you know, we had 19 seats 
and it wasn't the balance of power. And so he just said, you're one seat short, go away. With the opposition party leaders, uh, also with the prime minister, uh, so that we can uh, then uh, work today to lay out uh, what our role in this new and very, very interesting parliament is going to be. Jack had been able to negotiate an amendment to the uh, Liberal uh, government's budget uh, to basically, uh, his pitch was, let's take this $4.6 billion that you've assigned to corporate tax reductions and instead put it into these priorities. And they were things like uh, Aboriginal housing, post-secondary education, public transit, uh, overseas development assistance, uh, protection of workers, pensions in the case of a company going bankrupt, all of those kinds of things. So he had this package of things that he was able to pitch um, for that four six. $4.6 billion to go to instead of the corporations and uh, was successful with it. If Jack had another $4.6 billion I'd buy some press with a hefty check Jack had another $4.6 billion Well, I'd buy a freaking seat in Quebec Jack had yet another $4.6 billion I wouldn't just get Bono, I'd get all of you too Jack had yet another $4.6 and I'd buy the whole Green Party, too. Jack, I'd get another $4.6 million. I'd buy seats. Well, it was. I mean, it was full of drama. Um, certainly the media followed it very intently. This Conservative MP says he was promised perks to ensure that the Liberals win tomorrow's crucial budget vote. I was approached early this week by Ujjal Dasanj and asked to abstain or vote with the government on the budget vote. In exchange, I was given an understanding that I would be rewarded in some fashion. And there were moments, like I said, like, you know, in the ambulance and it was like somebody, you know, somebody just got sent away from the hill in an ambulance. What does it mean for the numbers? Belinda Stronick went to her first caucus meeting since jumping to the Liberals yesterday, while her former romantic partner and political ally, Deputy Conservative Leader Peter McKay, was back home in Nova Scotia talking about her decision. I came home to heal and think a little bit, and um, today's a new day, so um, my head's clear, uh, my heart's a little banged up, but uh, that'll heal. I, I would say probably every party had their war rooms up and running and their, uh, and their campaign planes on the tarmac on the day that um, uh, Belinda Stronach crossed the floor to the Liberals. A lot of money. It was horrible. It would have, it would have been, uh, might have been more satisfying to just have a big bonfire with it. <laughs> and it was her vote as much as Chuck Cadman's that ultimately saved the government in the spring of 2005 and put off any election until the fall. The independent MP was terminally ill with cancer at the time. His vote would either save or topple the then minority Liberal government. Uh, I remember sitting there uh, as, as the, uh, the votes were counted down and uh, we got closer and closer to uh, the time when, uh, when Mr. Cabman would, uh, would uh, rise in his place and declare himself uh, one way or the other, and until um, uh, the very last moment, uh, it was uh, there was no certainty as to which way he would go. In a minority situation, one vote can count. I mean, Chuck Cadman proved that in the spring of 2005, how critical one vote is 
uh, in a minority government situation. I mean, it's day to day and minute to minute uh, stress. Uh, when uh, Mr. Martin's government was re-elected in 2004 with uh, a minority, uh, he uh, um, asked me very strenuously if I would uh, consider uh, leaving my post as Minister of Finance and uh, become government house leader once again. Um, I decided not to do that, uh, and um, uh, he... Uh, he had a, a moment of deep disappointment in his Minister of Finance, who had refused to take on that job during that period of time. It's not very pleasant. Um, a tremendous amount of stress. And um, I challenge just about anybody to be able to do that for very long. Um, I used to um, have an ongoing uh, debate with one of my good friends in cabinet, uh, Chuck Strahl, where we would get our, our uh, blood pressure checked at least once a week just to see how bad it was. Uh, minority parliaments, as difficult, frustrating, um, awkward as they can be, there are minority parliaments that have proven to be extraordinarily proficient and successful. Uh, and Lester Pearson's term is a classic example of that. And the NDP, rightly, I believe, played a very significant role in bringing uh, Medicare and public health care to this, to this country. Uh, public pensions. Uh, there are just so many examples of things that the NDP was able to get, despite not having really large numbers, but because they were able to, um, I think, force the Liberals to uh, act on their words. I mean, we have known where the Conservatives and the Bloc have been for quite some time. The only thing that's changed is uh, Mr. Layton. And so uh, once he announced that they were going to vote for the non-confidence motion, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. You know, when the government finally fell, uh, it was bittersweet in the sense that uh, we had really wanted that money to be locked in. And, and I think that we were just on the edge of it being locked in, and it did get locked in. It was a big moment for us because, of course, it also meant that we had a record to run on. We had actually, despite being a fairly small party, uh, were able to uh, achieve really, I think, fantastic results, and results that actually continue on to this day. Um, you know, there are subway cars that are there because of the Leighton Budget Amendment. Uh, there are housing uh, uh, projects that are there because of the Leighton Budget Amendment. Uh, so it's had an impact across the country. What was um, disappointing uh, later on is uh, as we had uh, uh, developed those policies around uh, Kyoto and climate change around Kelowna and the the uh, beginning of reconciliation with indigenous people around a national child care program, uh, all of which uh, the NDP supported. Um, when when the ultimate vote came, the NDP reversed field uh, and uh, voted against them all, which was uh, really quite a remarkable contradiction. It set back. Kelowna and indigenous reconciliation for a decade, uh, and it set back progress on childcare. I don't believe that we could have gotten more done with the Martin government, because if you just go back to that very first interaction with them after the 2004 uh, campaign, it was pretty clear that they were only interested in talking to us uh, when there was some pressure and some, and some heft. 
first and foremost, we will clean up Ottawa by proposing and passing the Federal Accountability Act. While the people of Canada asked Mr. Harper to form a minority government, the people of Canada also asked New Democrats to balance that government. Ours will be a strong opposition, strong in numbers with more than 100 members. I will continue to represent with pride the people of La Salamard. But I will not take our party into another election as leader. But I can tell you what our strategy was both during the 06 Parliament and the 08, uh, which were both minorities, as you know. Uh, and it was this, that we did not try at all uh, to form any type of coalition with any other party that might look like uh, even a quasi-official coalition. What we did and what we were instructed by Prime Minister Harper to do as the people that were negotiating virtually every day, as I said, sometimes hourly, uh, was to find support somewhere in order to have enough votes to pass our agenda. And it didn't matter, as, as government whip uh, in the first, that first parliament and in, as house leader in the second one, it didn't matter to me which party supported us, quite frankly. Um, if it was the Bloc, if it was the Liberals, if it was the NDP, as long as we had enough votes on a given day to pass whatever bill or motion we were dealing with, um, I didn't care uh, as the, the key person involved in those types of negotiations. For the government in a minority situation, you must be prepared to be election ready all the time. That is how you exercise your authority in the House, that you are absolutely unafraid to go to the polls if necessary. If they're confident that the uh, public would be uh, quite angry with the opposition parties for defeating the government, um, then, then they can use that as, a, um, as leverage to try and get what they want. The Prime Minister ultimately has the power to declare any bill or motion in the House a confidence measure. In other words, what it means by that is that if the government loses on that particular vote, the Prime Minister would go to the Governor-General and request a, a dissolution of Parliament and that a, a new election be held. Viewed, <laughs> viewed from then the, uh, the, the position of opposition House Leader, uh, it was it was quite uh, uh, quite belligerent. He made it abundantly clear, or his house leaders made it abundantly clear, uh, that um, they weren't in a mood to uh, uh, to compromise or negotiate very much, uh, and they would be uh, uh, prepared to uh, uh, have another election at any time. And and they and they and they exercised that advantage uh, effectively to move forward what they wanted to move on. And, and uh, basically, I guess you could say daring uh, the opposition to, uh, uh, to bring them down. A 
under the Harper government. Um, it's no secret that uh, when Peter Van Loan was the House leader, there wasn't a lot of um, uh, inter-party discussion or dialogue or anything like that. Uh, and then, um, maybe ironically, because a lot of people saw him as a pit bull, and I know, uh, but uh, when John Baird uh, became House leader, he was much more open to um, talking to the other House leaders and negotiating and trying to find uh, things that uh, that they could agree on or that they could move forward or that sort of thing. So it really, it depends on the personalities. Peter was a challenge. On that ground, I would agree with, with Anne. <laughs> yes, Peter was very difficult. Well, I, I, I hesitate to speak ill of a former uh, parliamentarian, uh, but uh, there was... There was a, a, a high-handedness in, in, uh, in Peter's approach that was, was uh, very hard to take. Uh, I guess he, he thought that style uh, served him well, uh, whereas uh, had he been somewhat more personable and accommodating and uh, um, uh, a little less... Uh, pugnacious and combative, uh, he might have uh, uh, got more things done in a more cordial way. I tried to show uh, considerable more respect, and by that I mean um, just an, an openness to listen to their point of view, uh, the other house leaders of the other uh, parties, uh, to consider their point of view uh, thoughtfully, uh, not to discount it out of hand, uh, to not use the big stick uh, unless I had to, the big stick being a threat of an election, um, to not uh, suggest that legislation uh, was a confidence matter to the government unless it truly was. In most cases, that was limited, as you know, to uh, government uh, so-called money bills, um, you know, economic updates in the fall, uh, budgets, uh, throne speech. So working with the Prime Minister, in that case Prime Minister Harper, uh, we we tried under my House leadership, we certainly tried to uh, consider the opposition in a respectful manner. The government House leader's job uh, is difficult at the best of times. In a minority, it's particularly difficult. The negotiations at some time, uh, sometimes are hour by hour uh, when you're getting down to the crunch on, on a particular bill or motion. Uh, there's constant negotiations. Certainly at the staff level, there is, there is constant dialogue, constant chatter uh, going back and forth. Uh, it, it's, it's in everybody's interest to uh, avoid uh, uh, mistakes or accidents. Uh, one interesting thing, if that communication stops, it's an indication that something may be up. And, and also I think that there is a little bit of horse trading that can go on depending on the personalities that are there. It might be, you know, we will support uh, an opposition motion if it's worded like this, or we will consider uh, an amendment uh, to uh, some other government bill uh, that they're looking for. It all depends at the, on the given day what the opposition is hoping to accomplish in their view to better represent uh, their constituents and Canadians. 
There was, there was in that period of time, uh, as I recall it, uh, there was a bit of a, uh, a race to the microphone uh, when votes were pending uh, among the opposition parties to uh, uh, you know, sort of be the first one out of the gate to state your position so you paint the other guys into a corner. <laughs> and um, the, uh, the, the decision-making on the part of, uh, of uh, the liberal opposition at that time was certainly uh, slower than, uh, than some of the other opposition parties. Uh, so the options left were limited and the, uh, the, the government was, or the opposition was facing that that uh, question, are we ready to go to the polls now? Uh, and uh, um, very often the answer to that question was, uh, uh, was no, we're not. Well, committees play a much more significant role in a minority parliament, and it's an opportunity for opposition members to find ways to move their agenda forward in a way that they might not as easily be able to do in the House. You know, we saw it in um, with the Afghan detainees, the issues around how Afghan detainees were being uh, treated. That was huge in committees. You know, you could maybe argue that we would have known much less about that situation if it hadn't been for the committee work. Former Canadian diplomat Richard Colvin testified officials are either ignored or downplayed his reports about the abuse of detainees. Uh, Colvin telling a Commons committee this past week that many Afghan prisoners had been tortured after they were handed over by Canadian troops to Afghan security. In minority situations, caucus discipline is paramount. Um, it, it is just the key to the survival of the entire government. And if you have very many, uh, what I would class as rogue MPs that are just going to basically thumb their nose at the whip and say, you know, I'll come when I feel like coming or, you know, I'm not coming back on Monday, even though I know that that the opposition is planning something and going to, you know, force some unscheduled vote. I was a member of parliament from, uh, as I say, from northern BC. There's only about two or three members of parliament that had to travel further than I did uh, to get back and forth to Ottawa. So I had an advantage both when I was whip and as house leader in that I could sit down with colleagues and say, look, if I can be here uh, away from my constituency, then hopefully you would be able to because, you know, you're three or four hours away, not 12. In, in order to uh, function from day to day, you also have to know your numbers. That means restricting travel, unnecessary travel uh, out, of, uh, out of Ottawa or even uh, um, for people to be further away than an hour or so from the House of Commons in case some, some accident happens. I can tell you that I constantly reminded my caucus colleagues of the danger if they happen to miss a vote um, or, um, or just be late for a vote and not have their vote counted and go into the history books as the member of parliament that actually caused the government to fall. And uh, I'm sure none of them would want to be saddled with that legacy. It's also important for the government house leader to work very closely with uh, his or her caucus. Um, Mr. Kretchen always used to say, 
if uh, if I'm prime minister, it's because you got elected and you are in my caucus. Uh, the caucus uh, determines uh, whether the government will uh, succeed or not. In my case, I tried to not use uh, sort of the threat of discipline and, and punishment uh, any more than was absolutely necessary. Try to treat my colleagues with the respect that they deserve. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I mean, you sometimes you had to to bring down the, the big stick. The federal government was in damage control mode today, trying to deal with the fallout from a one-man rebellion. Nova Scotia MP Bill Casey, the longest-serving member of the caucus, was kicked out of that caucus after voting against the budget implementation bill last night. I believe me, we tried everything possible to try and get him to either support or abstain, like not show up that night. Uh, but he felt strongly enough about it that he felt he had to vote against it. And uh, so he voted against it, and I had to remove him from, from caucus. A minority government uh, situation does allow the opposition to be much to hold the government much more accountable. Certainly, the the discussion, the debate about uh, opposition banding together and forming a coalition uh, was always part of the vernacular of um, uh, of the uh, parliament. Well, we wanted to make sure that Mr. Martin would understand that there were other options rather than an election. And uh, because he appeared completely unwilling to work with us. What we're looking at right now is a time where Canadians are worried about their jobs, they're worried about their savings, they're worried about the future of this country. And for all responsible parties in this house to come together and serve the best interests of Canadians and explicitly, as Mr. Giuseppe said, put questions of national unity and of divisions around Quebec. The Liberals were, um, uh, you know, m more open to it than they had ever been before. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, Jack, again, was just very, very skilled at seeing an opening and, and a moment and, um, you know, taking, taking the opportunity to move things forward. It is, it is a, uh, a politically and constitutionally uh, legitimate uh, tool uh, where it gets adjudicated is in the uh, is in the court of public opinion as to whether it's appropriate at the time. Um, and we started ne negotiating and we were able to form a coalition between the NDP and the Liberals um, and we had uh, we were able to get an agreement uh, from the bloc that they wouldn't uh, bring the new coalition government down over a period of I think it was two years. Uh, but um, the difficulty for the opposition, as you're well aware, in the fall of 08 was the Liberals and NDP didn't have sufficient members uh, to form a coalition uh, without the support of the separatists. And that became the stumbling block. And so we drove that when it became apparent that they were intended to do that, to form a, uh, a coalition uh, with um, uh, the, the Bloc Québécois, we drove that wedge in pretty hard, and uh, it didn't take long for the Canadian people to be quite upset about that, that the government, uh, even though it was a minority, the government they voted for uh, that fall uh, was going to be overthrown within a couple of months, uh, partially by the separatists that wanted to break up the country. And uh, so that it didn't go over very well. Uh, 
Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives during the last election campaign pushed so hard for a majority because I think they understood that if they only won a minority, it was quite likely it wouldn't last very long. And if the government fell within six months, um, the governor general would be, I think, very adverse to calling another election so soon. And she probably would have turned to um, uh, the liberals, uh, Trudeau and, and Singh, to try and cobble together some form of, of confidence in the chamber and form a coalition government, of, whether it's official coalition uh, or just an unofficial type of thing the way they have between the NDP and the Green Party in British Columbia right now. Um, you know, that I think that would have happened regardless of the stigma of what happened in 2008. Uh, but I don't think it, it's not practical uh, with the Conservatives and any of the op other opposition parties. They don't have any natural allies the way the Liberals do. Uh, the, the government has uh, uh, a strong minority uh, in the sense that we, uh, we only need one partner out of potentially three uh, in the in the House of Commons, uh, in order to to move forward, there have in the past been circumstances where where House leaders had to negotiate with uh, uh, with um, two or three parties in order to cobble together some kind of a of a uh, of a voting majority. I I don't see this minority parliament as being anything like the ones that we've seen in the past. Uh, uh, you know, like in that period of, of the two thousands. I mean, I think the numbers are different. The um, the, the, the kind of um, the players are different. Uh, so I don't see anything in the next little while, no. Uh, I think that, the, that this Liberal government, um, uh, and, and you know, Jagmeet Singh has said it several times, that if they want to just survive, they, they can. I mean, I think the Liberal government has to ask themselves whether they just want to survive or whether they want to actually get some things done. It's, uh, it's always good advice, whether it's a minority or not, but it's especially important in a minority. Uh, if there are tough, challenging, difficult, controversial things that need to get done, uh, do them sooner rather than later. There's certainly some big issues that, uh, that Canadians want to see addressed, and uh, uh, it will be a challenge for my parliamentary former colleagues, uh, and I wish them well. A big thanks to former Liberal Cabinet Minister and House Leader Ralph Goodale, fellow House Leader and longtime Conservative Whip Jay Hill, and NDP National Director and former Chief of Staff and Party President Anne McGrath. We'll be right back. This week, we saw just how the political parties can work together if they want to. Opposition parties banded together to call for the Auditor General to investigate the Liberals' $188 billion infrastructure plan. Yes pour 166, Nays contre 152, on the same day, the Greens, NDP, and Conservatives also decided to support pushing forward the government's top agenda item, NAFTA 2.0. Nays pour 290, 290, nays contre 28-28. Can all this goodwill and collaboration last? Ottawa reporter Zian Lum went out to speak to the House leaders. 
Peter Julian, Member of Parliament for New Westminster Burnaby and the NDP House Leader. Cardinal rule in, in politics is always be ready for an election. And so in with my local organization and um, we're in place, the, the National Party has a, a plan as well. Um, so we're not afraid of an election, but we actually believe firmly that this minority parliament can make the same kind of differences that we've seen in people's lives of previous minority parliaments in the 1960s and 1970s, and even under Jack Layton more than a dec decade ago. We've um, used minority parliaments as leverage to bring about some really important things. What do you think you can get out of this minority government? Uh, well, right off the top, I'm sponsoring as a private member uh, the National Pharmacare Act that will do the same thing for pharmacare and making sure that everybody can access medication that we saw in the past with the Canada Health Care Act. I think their Canadians want to see a, d a difference, and, and I think that moral suasion makes a difference then on the government's choices. If the government acts the way it did in the first term, um, lots of giveaways to the very wealthy and to profitable corporations and not much for regular people, um, then I think they'll pay a political price whenever we end up going to the polls, whether that's two or three or four years out. If the government accepts uh, the moral clarity of what we're bringing forward to actually make a difference in people's lives, uh, then I think they will reap the benefits. Hi, my name is Christine Normandin. I'm the MP uh, from the Bloc for the for Saint Jean, and I'm currently responsible of the immigration matters, and I'm also uh, House Leader, Joint House Leader. So the NDP think that the Bloc will support the Liberals and give them the support to pass legislation. I was wondering, have the Liberals so far appeared that they're willing to negotiate? Absolutely, and, and we can see it with NAFTA too. Uh, they are negotiating with all the parties. That's what we, we can feel. There, there's a difference. They know they're, they're in a minority uh, government. And when we don't, I don't feel like we're aggressive. We have things to suggest and we get uh, the, other, the, the government and the other parties to listen actually. And it's been quite collaborative so far. And what kind of leverage does the bloc have over the liberals? Well, we're in a minority government, so we, we have the leverage uh, for that because sometimes they will need our support to pass some motions because they won't get it from the Conservatives or the NDP, depending on what's the issue at stake. Uh, and on the other hand, as, as I told you, when there's motions from the opposition, we'll be there too because the, the, with whatever opposition it is, they will need our support to, uh, to pass their motions. So on both sides, we can be quite helpful, but we'll always ask for something in, in exchange. Is the Bloc ready for an election possibly this year? Well, we st we're starting the year off in a better position than we, w than we were uh, last year, and you see where we got with that. So we have more money now, we have more uh, staff, we have more members, so it's, it's already better. So we'd be ready for another election if, the, if it had to happen. We don't wish for that because we don't think that's a mandate we were given by our uh, constituents, but if it were to happen, we'd be ready for sure. I'm Candace Bergen. I'm the Member of Parliament for Portage Lisgar, which is a riding in Manitoba. I'm also the Conservative House Leader. Uh, we're the official opposition, so I'm the official opposition House Leader. And I'm, um, I'm on the phone today. I'm in my riding just outside of Winnipeg in Oak Bluff, Manitoba. There are lots of tools. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to actually 
tell you what they are right now because we're sometimes what you do actually in, in parliament in majority we did this we actually got victories in majority and we'll we've gotten victories in minority parliament will continue but you actually develop your leverage so uh you know leverage is something that is you you there are other areas where um you can build up some some strength and some leverage and then the the, the uh, governing party has to pay attention to that as time goes on. But in this case, one of the obvious leverages is we can collaborate with the bloc and the NDP. We can also bring forward motions that we know that they would support, and then we can we can win. You were opposition House leader during the last session of Parliament when Liberals had a majority government. Does the job feel different in this minority situation? The job is very different in minority situation. Um, I mean, for me personally, it's a little different. I was working with Bardish Chagger, who was the government house leader in the previous parliament, and now uh, Pablo Rodriguez is the, the house leader. So they have somewhat different approaches, and that makes it different. But I think what also makes it different is being in a, mi- in a minority parliament versus a majority. Uh, there, It's a very, uh, very different atmosphere and different set of circumstances we're dealing with. And on that point, have the Liberals so far appeared that they're willing to negotiate? You know, truthfully, they have said that they wanted to be very communicative, communicate and be very open and, and negotiate. But I, my sense, I, I haven't felt that from them in terms of their actions. And uh, I'm not sure if it's just because they also are adjusting to minority versus majority. But to, to this point, I haven't really seen that they're still kind of operating like a a majority government. So I'm seeing on our opposition day motions, they're not reading, reading the room, so to speak. They're not reading that they're going to probably lose these motions and instead they're opposing them and they're losing them anyway. So, you know, there, there's one example. Um, I would say the other one, and this one is, I would say even more important and that's around the the new NAFTA deal. Um, You know, we, we support, trade, we support free trade, and we, we want to see uh, NAFTA, the spirit of that agreement, completed. But we've seen the, the Liberals not brief us, not speak to us. We've um, had outstanding questions that we've asked early in December that we've gotten no answers to. You know, the minister hasn't sat down with us. And you look at as in the U.S. where the Republicans sat down with the Democrats and really included them in the whole process. And the Liberals have not done that with us. Now, they could just be banking on, hey, they're going to support it so we don't have to do anything. But overall, not a good approach to take in a minority parliament, and, and it could be risky for them. Government House Leader Pablo Rodriguez was unavailable for an interview. His office said he was too busy this week with the new NAFTA bill. In an email, they wrote, and I quote, he is spending a lot of time studying and negotiating the bill. End quote. The USMCA, which was passed in the U.S. Senate earlier in January, can't be amended without going back to the negotiating table with the U.S. and Mexico. Canada is the last country to ratify the agreement. Well, that's our show for this week and the first of our fourth season. Can you believe we've lasted longer than this minority government might? As always, we love to hear from you. Please send us your thoughts and story ideas. You can reach me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Althea Raj. That's A-L-T-H-I-A-R-A-J. 
A huge thank you this week to Ottawa reporter and fellow producer Zian Lum and our fabulous technical producer Mikhail Stein. Andre Lau is our executive producer. I'm Althea Raj. See you in three weeks.